to the Aster Economic Review. My name is John Eckstein. I'm the Chief Investment Officer of Aster Investment Management. I am joined today by my friend and partner, Rob Stein. Rob, hello. Hey, John. You sound in a good mood today, John. <laughs> well, talking to you, Rob. Always good mood. It is Friday, Cinco de Mayo, and it is the day the U.S. payroll report came out, the highlight of our month. And Rob and I will talk a little bit about the payroll report and Fed, and then we'll call it a day. So first of all, Rob, like economy in a nutshell, where are we in 20 words or less? Ooh, 20 words or less. Well, how about one word? Unchanged. Unchanged, okay. <laughs> Unchanged right. last. Yeah, unchanged from your view, or at least from my view, from January. Right, Market goes up, market goes down, NASDAQ notwithstanding. Interest rates have come down a little bit, but I, economically speaking, I don't see anything that would change my opinion from what it was in January, February. Yeah, I, I would agree where there are some signs perhaps of slower growth, but with the labor market still looking quite strong, my view, and I think you agree with this, is that we have to assume that the, economy, the underlying economy is strong so lots of people are getting fired. Right. And that is not happening. As right. It's it, it, true. And certainly you'd have to dig pretty deep to support, you know, either one of whatever your thesis is, you know, look at the revisions if it's jobs, look at the GDP number that was somewhat underperforming, but then you can argue that away with inventory. So there isn't anything conclusive, but there's a lot of things that you could use to sway people if you think a recession isn't going to be a soft landing or not. Like you'd have to drill, but there is enough things to drill on to support an argument, but nothing that could support a convincing argument to change somebody's view. I think I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> if you understand what you think I said, I obviously didn't say what you think I meant. Quoting Alan Greenspan there. I think. Yes. Right. So the headline number today, change in non-farm payrolls, plus 253, higher than expected. The two-month revisions was quite large at down 150. So net, this number is about as expected. One thing that happens, the unemployment rate went down from 3.6 to 3.4%. The Fed's going to have to think about this, to think about the way they're looking at the world, right? So they still, they're... Last forecast said that the unemployment rate was going to be four and a half percent at the end of calendar 2023. Like that seems impossible to me. Not literally impossible. Like we saw what happened in COVID, but you know, it seems like there's only 10% right. chance of that happening. Like you need a huge, very severe recession, which we don't have any sign of. Today. I agree with that. I, yeah. You could get back to three, six with just a couple of revisions and a couple of labor force adjustments, but four and a half, I, I don't see it either. And you know, right. With the number of people employed in this country, right? Like to get a 1% more people unemployed, right? So what would that be? That'd be, you know, million? million and a half people, right? To get right, that up. A million. So we've got- Yeah, yeah. I don't see that either. You're right. You're going to have to have this thing swing from being up a couple hundred thousand to being down a couple hundred thousand for many months in a row. Right. So- if we look at what I like to call direct measures of labor market slack, right? So we're actually measure like how tight or loose is the labor market. You look at the unemployment rate or the underemployment rate. Those are both, you know, extremely low. If you look at the employment population ratio for prime age workers, of which Rob and I are not, <laughs> 25 to 54, that is 
at the highest it's been in 20 years, not quite where it was in 2000, the peak of American civilization, but going higher. So, you know, just not consistent with a recession or weakness. But at the same time, the Fed decided to hedge a little bit. They didn't announce a pause, but they announced that they might pause, kind of. How do you read the Fed? How do you read Wednesday's Fed reading, Rob? They might pause, kind of. At least they didn't come out and say absolutely not. But I think they hinted less at that they're not pausing than I thought. But the uncertainty of it is as high as it's been since this this hiking cycle. Yeah, I'm gonna say that the you know for a long time we've been in a forward guidance regime uh, as far as the rate hikes for the last year or so, and I'd say we're not really in a forward guidance regime. So they did change the statement. So before the statement said, the committee anticipates that some additional policy firming may be appropriate in order to attain stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to return inflation 2% over time. So that's the before. Now the after, determining the extent to which additional policy firming may be appropriate to return inflation 2% over time, the committee will take into account the cumulative tightening of monetary policy, the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation, and economic and financial developments. So that sounds like, yeah, like additional firming policy may be appropriate to Maybe firming a policy is appropriate. <laughs> yeah, so they're going to look at the data, right? So it doesn't matter what the data does in the next few months. All it's going to do is determine whether we're hiking a half or a quarter to, depending on the data, we might go from you know a quarter to, to nothing. But that'll bring us back to the data isn't changing anything. Whatever they were looking at before last meeting doesn't appear so far. I mean, it's only been a few days, but it doesn't appear that it's going to be changing enough for them to change their view enough right other than the lag their calculation of the lag effect right and i guess in my view what could change well one thing that could change that i just said that a a recession could change that right so if we start seeing large amounts of people getting fired that could change that but kind of more likely would be some sort of evolution in inflation in my view right inflation has been moderating somewhat continues to moderate. Maybe they stand pat. If it looks like it bounces back, maybe they start hiking again. Does that seem plausible? Yeah. You know, and energy prices falling out of bed. So, you know, maybe that reverses. You have a expression that the Fed hikes methodically and cuts as an emergency or as necessary. What's your quote? The Fed hikes according to plan and cuts in response to events. And they deny, they, I've actually asked them specifically that and they deny it, but I think it's kind of true. Oh yeah. (laughs) You could deny it, but let me go back in time and circle. Uh, Not only that, but where you've literally reversed your, we were going to hike, now we're cutting uh, a formula because of crises. So it wouldn't be surprising to me that a crisis evolves that is not be, it is not exactly in their view as a result of what's been happening in the banking system. It's possible that's worse than they're saying. There's some confusing things in the overnight markets, and that might do something. I also think maybe the next market to keep an eye on is the foreign exchange markets. So I wouldn't rule out in the next two meetings for something that is 
unknown right now to cause enough of a shock to the economy where we would be accurate in saying there's going to be a pause or more confident in saying that. Right. Well, the market certainly is expecting a pause, right? Well, like the Fed fund futures market, where you can measure it directly, is definitely expecting a pause and then cut starting in the second half of the year. And I mean, I guess that's possible. It sure seems unlikely to me, though. And, you know, if the Fed did even hike even another 25 basis points, that might shake up. You know, if the Fed funds futures market is representative of expectations in the fixed income market, it's easy to imagine those being shaken up, right? Yeah. You need a little, bank, a a little banking stability, a hot trend on CPI, and then all of a sudden they rise another 25 basis points and people are confused. Yeah. Am I, I trying I, too hard? You are. I, I just don't put <laughs> as much evidence to that being any way of a reliable forecasting tool. I think it's a forecasting tool as of the moment. And I don't think it, it really reflects what's going to happen. I think it just reflects what people think is going to happen today. Mm. You mean it's not good as a tool of forecasting, right? Right. So, I mean, I don't think that you can necessarily forecast the evolution of rates with a forward curve, but like it still is like people make exactly making bets about what the Fed's going to do. So if you were able to like see around the corner better than the market, like we should be doing that, yeah. right? That would mean that going with the spread in sport betting <laughs> would be the more accurate thing to do. But anyway, digressing, we are digressing, going back to the Fed, pausing. I haven't seen enough evidence to suggest that that's the case. So you don't think they're paused? You think they're going to... As of, today, I, as of today, I do not. Interesting. They better tell somebody. <laughs> I mean, I at think, the beginning I, of the year, at the end of last year, when people would ask me, where's it going? I would say, take the highest estimate and go above that. Right. But we'll see. You know, we've got many weeks between now and the next Fed meeting. Yeah, we'll have another payroll and two CPI between now and then. So lots of stuff for them to chew over. We did get some purging managers indices this week also. The ISM manufacturing was... 47, slightly stronger than expected, but in the area that usually connotes weakness. The services was 53, so that was actually much better than expected. And, you know, that is showing expansion, but that's a low number for the services. Services are usually more like 55. I would say it's below average. And then S&P Global also releases a person manager survey, those are both a little bit stronger than the ISM ones. Those skew more towards small and medium businesses. So less overseas business and not, you know, your SP 500 companies so much. Do those uh, match your view of the economy? Yeah, I think those do. You know, weakness one place, some strength in the other, kind of getting you to a mishimashi. So I would agree with that. It's not really saying much. It's weak and strong. Yeah, sometimes we actually, we average all four of those indicators and, and do some adjustments. And, and that number has been weak. And now it that number is bouncing off of its lows somewhat. So maybe that's a sign of continued economic strength has sort of been our theme, our kind of, we're not going to believe in the recession until we see the whites of their eyes theme that we've had. Right. So, and the markets are kind of quickly staying the same. Yep. So I think we will leave it there. If you 
want more of our economic analysis, you can check out the Astor website, astorim, I-M for investmentmanagement.com, or you can reach out to your Astor sales rep. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, John. Have a great weekend. Cheers. To learn more about Astor Investment Management's research and strategies, please visit us on the web at www.astoriam.com or stay up to date by following us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Thank you. Astor Investment Management LLC is a SEC registered investment advisor. All information contained herein is for informational purposes only. This is not a solicitation to offer investment advice or services in any state where to do so would be unlawful. Analysis and research are provided for informational purposes only, not for trading or investing purposes. All opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and subject to change, they are not intended as investment recommendations.